I was a nobody, didn't even know how to write comedy. Went up there, smashed it in front of 25,000 people at the Centratel Center. Mm. Then went to Chicago and set it off with the Bernie Mac Foundation. We family. Takeover, the break's over, nigga. God MC, me, J-Hope. The takeover, this the hater makeover. If you got clicks with Slim, I suggest you stay sober. Takeover, yeah, the break's over. I'm the god of freestyle, bitch. I'm from the clothes. Take Ladies and gentlemen, children of all ages, the Takeover Podcast Show presents to you Mega Marlin. And in the house, we got. You know who you got. You got comedian Jeremy Unmasked, aka Charco Smoother, aka The People Chant, aka Zero the Crooked, Bernie Mac, DL Hughley, David Chappelle. Hey, Charlie Murphy. You know what I'm saying? Slap your baby mama. That's who I am, man. Right. When I tell you before we hit play, man, he had me over here cracking up, bro. I'm talking about over here. I'm I'm dying over here, bro. Like this kid, this kid is funny. We've been waiting on this interview for a long time, and it's finally, finally came together. I'm t- I've been anticipating this for a minute. Right. So, man, we finally got the timing right. All the stars are lined up and everything. So, man, you finally here. Yes, sir. So, man, we finna, we finna let you just, um, as they say, bless the mic. Yeah, man. Go know, ahead, I'm gonna do it. You know how I'm going to do it. I'm happy to be here, man, first of all. You know what I'm saying? Give honor to God, you know what I'm saying? Uh, and all my haters and all the people I let go, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's like, I'm here now. I have arrived. Yeah, now yeah. the people going to see what it is yeah, yeah. that Jeremy Unmasked have to offer the date. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. you know, it's been a long road, a long journey doing comedy. I was actually a rapper first. Yeah. And then, you know, rapper ain't really do too good uh, due to the... You know the producers. It's hard being a rapper, man. It is. Like, There's too many people doing it. Yo, when I seen as, because I remember like before I started DJing, I went to, you know what I'm saying? I yeah. used to be in the lunchroom. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Kicking my round, kicking my 16s. You know what I'm saying? And let me tell you what happened, bro. I watched my first Smack DVD. I don't know if you ever heard of it. It's like this. It's like the, you know, the battle rappers. That's yes, sir. It. I watched my first battle rap, and I was like, nah, I ain't built for that. I'm right. not even, I'm not even with that, man. But uh. But yeah, being a rapper is being a rapper is hard, man. And you say you from Shreveport, right? I'm from Shreveport. And you and you doing big things, bro. Right. Like, yo, I love to hear shit like that, man. I love to see people get their comeuppance. Right. I love to see people doing their thing that that started from a, a humble beginning and now right. they now you like, yo, man, I'm here, I'm doing this. I right. love hearing that shit, man. Yeah. Just, just let the just let the people know just a little bit of what you what, got going what on. I got going. You know what I'm okay, saying? Okay. Like, now what I got going, okay, is many projects. I'm a writer. Mm-hmm. I'm a creator. I do it myself. I don't look for no handouts, man. I got the heir to the throne. I got the blessing by the Bernie Mac Foundation. Um, my aunts are good. You know what yeah. I'm saying? I was born into this dynasty. And yeah. people, you know, they kind of say, oh, you just a, a impressionist. No, I don't do impressions, baby. I, mean, uh, I do, what? but it's in my DNA, man. Let me tell you something. That kid from SNL. You you see what he doing? Yeah, Jay Farrell. Jay Farrell. Shout out to Jay Farrell. He, he doing, doing big it. things. And they and, and you can't you know stop him. You know what I'm saying? So with me, but when it comes to the Bernie Mac um, thing, you know what I'm saying? That's just who I am. Yeah. I ain't even doing the impression. I can do the impression, and it's different from how I'm talking now. Yeah. Certain things that I'm black. Real I keep, dog. Yo, I keep thinking that you're doing the Bernie Mac impression, right, but it's not. But you, no, yeah, like this I, me, like, yeah. You know what I'm I keep hearing. I'm just and like, it, and that's how come, it all Bernie, got started. Right. But see, this is Bernie Mac right yeah. here. When Bernie Mac talks, let me tell you something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna show you <laughs> the difference between Bernie yeah. Mac yeah. and Jeremy on Mac. Yeah. Jeremy on Mac, this is me. Bernie yeah. Mac, let me tell you, motherfucker, stop. Yeah, it's similar, but it's different. Yeah. It only be one king with that name, but. Everybody gotta have somebody they tailor after. For I'm sure. a Def Jam kid. Yeah. And see, right, growing right. up in Shreveport, man, it's kind of hard because you got people that love you and hate you at the same time. Yeah. Now they'll click like for free, but when they come to shows, yeah, man, you better not spend your damn money and say that you're doing this. Ain't nobody gonna support you. But so what I did was I started creating my own way. Couldn't get on a TV show, I made one. I did Mr. Three Thousand the Rookie Year, a What If film. 
You know what I'm saying? People love it. So with me, I got the road to success, the Bernie Mac way. When I keep comparing it to that, everything that that man did, I'm doing it now by design of God. This is not, I never wanted to be a comedian. I was always a rapper, been rapping, you know what I'm saying, since I was seven, but I've been doing comedy 10 years and it's been successful. That's what's up. D.L. Hughley gave me my shot right there at the Funny Bone in Bozier. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Shout out to P2K, you know what I'm saying, for taking me there. He mentored me a little bit, got me in there. Yeah, P2K, cool people. And then when he did that, the doors opened, 2010. I met Bernie in 2008. Wow. You know what I'm saying? Met my aunts in 2012. 2011, Cat Williams. I was a nobody, didn't even know how to write comedy. Went up there, smashed it in front of 25,000 people at the Century Tale Center. Mm. Then went to Chicago and set it off with the Bernie Mac Foundation. We family. Then I brought it back down, I brought it to Shreveport. I done did multiple shows. I done worked with, you know what I'm saying, a lot of people, Joe Torrey, Pierre, you know what I'm saying, from Players Club. You know what I'm saying? So God, he, he opened those doors because I was willing to go through the trenches. Mm. I don't want nothing easy, man. Because yeah. if you get it easy, it's not gonna last long. Yeah, it's not gonna last long. Right. You ain't gonna appreciate right. it. You ain't gonna know how to develop it, mold right. it, mix it, none of that shit. You and, know what I, I'm and I like to be the underdog though. Yeah. The underdog, they scared of the underdog. Yeah. Man. And see the thing and, and see the thing about the See, thing I, I always tell people, man, you gotta enjoy the journey. Right. You know what I'm saying? You gotta enjoy the come up. Cause when you get to the top, it's like now you gotta keep it. Right. You know what I'm saying? And that gets hard. And then I I like the grind. You know what, right. what I'm saying? I like chipping away at it. Like right. now, don't get it twisted. If somebody say, hey man, we need a hey, Chris Brown DJ died and we need you to DJ for uh, $200,000 for the next year. You know right. what I'm saying? Like, right. hey, I ain't gonna turn that shit down. You know what right. I mean? But at the same time, I'm cool with chipping away and, you know what I'm saying, going up the ladder and shit like that because right. then you can look back at it and say, right. I done did this, I done did that. You know what I'm saying? And then, right. you know, the journey is the fun part, it man. Is. You the gotta grind. enjoy the journey because once the journey's over, right. it's over. Right. You and, know what I'm saying? And see, like, the thing yeah. about it is, the longevity in the game is staying humble. Remember what, what you were before you became what you are. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like me. It's times that I wear suits that cost more than the actual show that I'm on. Mm. Dude, I used to ride the city bus here to shows. We had uh, the Knuckleheads. Uh, it was a group of comedians. Then they all went their own separate way but dude my suits used to be dude i'm wearing 200 suits on the city bus begging people to do it you know what i'm saying walking home walking the lakeside after a show clean looking like a pastor boy i'm talking about <laughs> looking like how these people gonna look sunday on easter yeah you know what i'm saying but with that i never complained i had good times i had bad times you know what i'm saying but nothing deterred me away from the gift of comedy man because some people get the light and some people don't. And I get the light. But if I ever get blessed to the point where the people really see me, which is now, because I'm on a takeover, mm-hmm. dude, I'm going to bless other comedians because I see that. I ain't no fake love when it come to me. And it's because of the fans that I am able to shine now because people was picking sides on social media. Bro, I was getting two, maybe 300 uh, likes, no likes at all. Six years. Doing this for real, for real, posted videos now from four to five years ago. Now I'm getting big responses, but it says everybody has a time when they supposed to oh, shine. Yeah. Now yeah. it's my yeah. time. I'm telling you, you better watch your back, because when I'm coming, I'm chopping heads, man. I'm telling you, mm. I've been doing this too long. I've been humble too long, and I'm welcome everywhere. White people love me. Church people love me. Kids love me, and I do it for free. But once he give me the money to be able to bless others, I'm going to show him how you supposed to not go broke, but show love. Dude, just because you got money, there's nothing to throw something in the park and it costs you like maybe a G. Mm-hmm. Maybe a G. Yeah. And you rich, but it ain't what you do is how you do it. Yeah, man. But it's been, it's been a hell of a journey, bro. I'm talking I, about. I, t- I tell you one thing. I know one thing I do, man. Like. Like I so now I DJ I DJ at a couple clubs now right. you know what I'm saying downtown Shreveport, so I know I know that rappers 
they get they want to push their music out there and stuff like that right and djs are gonna charge especially during the turn up hour during the times right. that is jumping they gonna charge you 50 a spin you know what i'm saying it's yes, sir. 20 30 30 if you if they if they just feel good that night but it's gonna be like 50 a spin 50 right. some, some, somewhere between there somewhere between 30 and 100 you know what i'm saying depending on which dj how they feel or whatever Man, I'm telling you this, bro. Like, I'm DJing at these. I'm DJing at these clubs, bro. You know what I do? What? I tell a DJ. I tell. I mean, not DJ. I tell a rapper. I say, listen, bro. Are you really serious? Give me ninety nine dollars. I spin your song twice a night for the next month. Wow, that's a hell of a deal. It is. You can't beat. That's the best deal in the city. That's a hell of a deal. You know deal. what I'm saying? Right. And, and y'all, and, and this is they. They hear the first. They hearing the first here, right? You know what I'm saying? Right. Like this, this, this. You know, I, I got a cut. I, you know, I, I talked to a couple, a couple uh, rappers. Right. You know what I'm saying they and they and they with it, but this, I'm. I was gonna do word of mouth, but right. now I know there's somebody out there listening. Line like, nigga, what? Right. Nine nine dollars for a month, twice a night. Right. Shit. I, I tell like, you what. Speaking of local. Man, it, it's a comedy show going on right now. Yeah. Somebody was finna ask him out. Man, wait, wait, wait. Why you ain't Why you ain't performing, man? Because you're here with us, and then we appreciate I mean, that yeah, shit. I mean, that, I, that, that's the obvious. That's the obvious. But there's got to be more to it than it's that. There's got to be more to it. Let me tell you why. Man, I, yeah. Man, no, before, you, over now. before you even get into it, we appreciate you putting that, putting that aside. You know what I'm right, saying? Because, right. because we know that's, that's money. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> but, no, hit it. Go ahead, man. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, man. I'm just trying to Right, bro. now, we're going to speak overall, okay? Okay, overall. Right. overall. Right. The reason why people don't see me like they should see me okay. is because you have a fan base that picks sides, okay? okay? And I'm the underdog. Hear me clear. On TakeOver TV, I am the underdog. Right. I'm last to get picked for mostly everything that comes here. Wait. Now, my homeboys here, they have uh, comedians that they bring from out of town. Shout out to Trey Mack. Shout out to Comedian Hot Topic. They making it happen. Because comedy started to die here. Prelo did it. Uh, then a couple other people. Now, the reason why I'm not on that show is probably because they thought I was either doing something else. But a lot of these shows here, I don't get picked because they don't think I'm funny. Mm -hmm. You hear Bernie Mac. And you think, oh, he's just an impressionist. No, bro. I'm not just an impressionist. Dude, bro, I'm a humanitarian. I've never I've never been anywhere that right. somebody done an impression and done it good. Right. And people ain't laugh. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like people ain't right. enjoy right. that. Impressions entertain right. people. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like point point blank period, man. Yeah. And and see the thing about it, here's what I always say. Right. If you got haters, you doing something right. right. I can't wait to have haters. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I can't. I, man, what? Right. Like, and once I get haters, I know that, okay, now I'm not a mate. It. You know what I'm right. saying? Like, oh, I got people hating on me? Right. They, my name is in their mouth? Right. And I, I started to think I was the water boy, man. It's like, damn, uh, I do this too. You know what I'm saying? But like I say, people never took me serious. Like, the reason why I don't get picked, you know what I'm saying, because, like Bernie Mac say, you scared of me. You scared I'm going to say something. You know? <laughs> you know? Scared. They scared of me. They scared, they scared of me. And I'm like the water boy. I'm on the injury reserve list most of the time. You got some comedians that fool with you, some scared of you. My thing is, the reason why I ain't get picked tonight because they already had the starting lineup. And most of the time, I'll just get a call out the blue. But would you see me on the fly? Probably not thing about it is when you're doing what you do people can sometimes assume that you're arrogant but all you got to do is ask me it's plenty of times that I featured on the show <laughs> and I wasn't supposed to be there but when them brothers there call I'll be there if they would have called me tonight I would tell hey I got this but I'll be there when I get it put me second to last like me when I do comedy they put me maybe first uh, second, I'll never go third and i never headline. The, for, for what reason, I don't know. But when I put on the show, I put on the show. And when we got to come together as comedians and try to make people laugh, it ain't about the egotistical part. Because like I say, I'm getting booked out of town. 
The same brother that's throwing the show over there at tonight, which is my homie, he called me many nights. Hey, bro, can you be in Dallas? Can you be in Colleen? Can you be here? Can you be in Arkansas? Can you be in... Sure, but when it comes to Shreveport, a lot of comedians don't want to book you because they scared of you. And I'm better than most of them. I'm not, I'm not bragging, but hey, truth is, I'm better than you. Why? Because I'm humble. It ain't because of your skills on stage. Shots. Because I done seen a lot of comedians go in a hole in the wall and tear the people out the frame. Mm -hmm. But when you get in front of 11,000 people, they don't want to hear that bubblegum popcorn shit. They want to hear the real. Oh, shit, yeah. And it's sometimes why I do bad in front of a small crowd, but I get in front of 12, 20,000 people and I'm tearing them out the frame because why? I'm on a wider scale and I can talk about more. You yeah. can talk about hood stuff to people in a small setting, they understand. But when you get on stage with the big wigs, you gotta have more than old Jesse, cause don't nobody know about Cedar Grove in Texas. They know about Coco Palace and Ratchet City, but they don't know about that. So a lot of people kind of, they, they kind of get scared of you. They don't want you to And people do just want to be entertained. You know right. what I'm saying? Like people just want to hear stuff that they can relate to. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like when people start talking about like, when comedians start talking about like relationships and shit, right. like, man, she always talking about, every time I ask her, right. you know, what you want to eat. I can't never, you know what I'm saying? Indecisive right. at, you know what I'm saying? When you start talking about shit that people can relate to, like people love that shit, right. man. People just love to be entertained. I love when I, when I hear comedian, he talk, I feel like, I feel like that's my bro. Like, you too? Like, right, you know what I'm saying? Right. Like, you got to connect with the people, yeah, man. Yeah, you got to connect. You know what I mean? And I'm going to tell you one of the other reasons why I'm not picked in the city. Yeah. Because you ain't going to, you ain't for to give me no pennies, bro. You're not for to give me pennies and expect me to give you a million dollar show. Well, Sometimes I, mean, I done outworked the headliner for the night. Bro, I'm the party man. Yeah. Dude. I do impressions, I rap, I sing, you know what I'm saying, and I do stand-up all in one show, dude, I do, I can do two hours on stage, bro, and a lot of people cut me short on my time on stage, so you know what, if you have an event, that's a long time to be right. doing comedy, Nine, yeah, yeah, that's two, a, two, yeah, two, two hours, hours because for two hours, I can give you several different scenarios Several different impressions, yeah. several different of my God-given gifts. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. So, I've done two hours and didn't even know it. I ran the U.S. I ran the gigs off a USB card. These dudes had chopped my show up because I did two hours. Dude had to tell me wrap it up on a special. That man said he ran the gigs off. Yeah, and I <laughs> yeah. never repeated a joke or took you back to that. I always that, went that's straight a, through. That's a special type of skill. Yeah. Right. That, so that, that's what I then I try to tell people. So a lot of people don't book me because you're not finna hand me out nothing. And I've been grinding with some of the people that you booking. It ain't yeah. even the comedians nowadays. Right. It's the promoters put us against each other. And we're in the city with the we are Motown yeah. South. You feel me? Not the hood. Yeah. Motown South. <laughs> yeah. But there's no Barry Gordy. Everybody try to be Barry Gordy, but they don't select one Barry Gordy. You right. need to, you need to, we need to come together. But if people don't understand, if this is the city of soul and this is the city of talent, you had stacks records, MCA records, all of these people, Motown. Then you you had all of them come together on one tour. And they ate. But us here, they divide us. A lot of promoters will say, hey. I'm gonna pick this cat, this cat, this cat, this cat, and then they'll leave me out the bunch. But then somebody will turn on that faucet and say, hey, what about comedian Jeremiah Mass? Not to say too much, but yeah, I'm gonna say we shooting shots, bang, bang, tonight. Ah. On this, yes. takeover. This yes. is the takeover with us, takeover yeah. featuring TV, you know, comedian Jeremiah Mass. Let me tell you something. The DJ on, bang, bang. The reason why I say, it's a lot of hate shit going on. Right. Excuse me, friends, but I'm going to say what most people are scared to say on this interview. Let me tell you something. The reason why, because there's not enough wisdom poured into the crowd. People doing it for money. Hmm. How come you making money, but the comedians ain't making money? Hmm. But my suit costs more than how many people that's fitting these damn seats, but you don't want to pay us. That's gas money. Hunt for us got kids and we live in a dream. Already. But you all that make money, get your name on the flyer, brought to you by you. We fill up all these seats, but you don't want to pay us. And then sometimes they'll sneak and pay the headliner and maybe the second comedian, but never pay the opener. Now, 
Somebody that's opening the show, nine times ten, they the new Jack. But if it's a if it's a line full of comedians that's just tearing it out the frame that work together and you know we work good together, why we ain't getting paid? Or why only half of us getting paid? Because a lot of people are greedy for the money. When I do stuff, I don't do it for the money. I do it for the love. I'm going to make sure these people that exercise their gifts get paid first and I take what's left. That's when you know that God has blessed your show. But a lot of people in it just to say that they put us on the show. But then a lot of people stop booking me because, like I said, I'm not going to take pence. Bro, I done had several managers, bro, from rap all the way up to now that couldn't handle me. You're not going to hand me anything and then expect if it's not what I want, I'm not gonna accept it, bro. I kind of, I, I kind of feel like there's a lot of jewels being dropped right now, and there's a, there's, there's gonna be a kid that's listening to this years from now, right? You know what I'm saying? And and he's like, damn, this is what he had to go through, right? Just to get to, you see what I'm exactly. saying? This is this is what this is what happens behind the curtain, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but then when they see somebody like you, and he's like, you know what? I understand that it's not all about what's in town. I got to take it out of town. Right. You know what I'm saying? And that's really the key right there. And I had to learn that myself also is you want to get a, you want to build a fan base? Right. You want to build a fan base? It's cool. It's cool to do it within your city. That's right. that's fine. Right? right. But what you're going to get the real fan base is outside your city because there's no... Uh, there's no animosity towards... There's no jealousy. There's, right. There, you know what I mean? They, they just... Oh, this person is talented and he's good. So, right. or she's good or whatever. You know what I'm saying? And you know, that's one thing I had to learn, man. Is is uh, you have to go out of town to, cause because sometimes you got people within your own city that, you know, they don't they don't want to uh do right by. You, no, you know they what don't. I'm saying? And and that and that's why I know me, man. I right. said, listen, I'm gonna do what I can as a DJ with, with the power that I have. Right. You know what I'm saying? I understand what, what what I can do. So I'm not finna be like, yo, you want me to spend your shit? I need $500. You know right. what I'm saying? Because what what's the point? What's the point in me uh, overcharging and what's the point in me uh, uh, abusing my power right. when there's all this talent out here and you show somebody love, now what happened if that artist that you spent his records, right. you, you you broke his records, what happens when he start making millions? Right. You know what I'm saying? You think he ain't gonna show you? Oh, he should. He, Logically, yeah. he should show you love. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So... Yeah, but that's just that's just your universe. Yeah, but yeah, but to a lot of rappers, y'all need to make sure y'all stuff mixed down too. This you need is to make very sure, true. You need to make sure when you put it in the DJ hand, if you hot, you need to put that thing where Facts. it need to be. Yeah. Because if I'm going to spin your shit and it sounds like it's muffled, I'm going to critique you. So what we need Facts. to do is just, you know what I'm saying, make sure you got yourself together. And if you ain't got a team, bro, you ain't got nothing. The grind is real out here, man. Already. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just happy that Somebody seen my talent, which is, you know, I've been waiting on this interview for a long time. Man, who, who you telling, dog? Because they've been who trying to see telling? me. Y'all want to do it exclusive, and I tell them I'm dropping bombs tonight. I'm telling the truth tonight. Any question, anything that needs to be dropped, I'm telling it. Because a lot of people don't tell the truth. Right, right. Man, you know, old DJ Marley had to step away. You know, he had a... Um, a prior engagement, you know, he got go, he got to go make that cash, but that's all right. right. We finna uh oh twerk contest. Oh, here we go. There it is. But man, the show gonna keep rolling. Yes, sir. Now, man, I know. Um, before we started recording, you was talking about the um the Bernie Mac Foundation, that whole story right there. So, go ahead and give us the details on what happened with that. And oh man, let's let's start from the beginning I'm, and just give and put you want to know the coaster. You want to know like from the beginning of my career doing it, or from the beginning of when Okay. We back, you know, we had to just take a little pause, but man, we back on it. We back with the man. Yes, sir. So, put us on the roller coaster, man. Let's start from the beginning on how you got started in comedy and what made you do comedy. And just just take us on the ride, man. You know what to do. Go ahead. All right. Uh, well, <laughs> since I got the flow tonight. Oh, <laughs> uh, <clears throat> now <nah>, seriously. <laughs> What made me do comedy? Man, the, it, it, I guess it's the way that people react and how you can change somebody's life. You'd be surprised how you can say something that makes somebody laugh that can kick out depression. Or you can say something 
uh, in a funny way that'll be a nugget for them later on. It, I mean, comedy for me is therapy because I don't have, I have ups and downs in life because my mind is different from the way people think. So what made me get into comedy is it was a situation where I was just at my breaking point. You know what I'm saying? And I just had to laugh. And that comes from the beginning of my um, journey. Uh, Bernie Mac helped me out a lot as a kid, man. Uh, being dark, skinned it. <laughs> um, played a part in my insecurities as a young man growing up. Uh, my dad, he wasn't really there. Um, and then you go out into the world, you get into all this types of stuff, and then people judge you because this one when light skin was in per se everybody had to have a light skin girl sure, so, man, it's still in man i mean it's still in but <laughs> but since black panther came out of yeah, uh, we screwed now everybody will come we're gonna come back to that we're gonna come boy i got something to talk about you people oh boy full circle yes sir so back then you had a lot of the people with the good hair and all of that they were popping so me being dark skinned man i had to work hard ever since i was a kid big nose uh, but I had skills in, 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 in football and baseball, basketball. So over the years, it built up some type of wall because people telling you to shut up, you're talking too much, so then you shut down. So then when I started to notice who Bernie Mac was from Def Jam on up to the Bernie Mac show, it kind of gave me confidence on how to present myself to the world. His words are, I don't care if you like me, I like me. So those words stuck with me and the famous quote, I ain't scared of you motherfucker." you know what I'm saying? So when those words translated into my adulthood, um, it set the tone for me to get placed into comedy because I was a rapper. All the way up to 2008, I was a rapper and then as 2008 transitioned, into 2009, I started to become a comedian. I met Bernie on a set of Soul Men, and it was like a transfer of energy. Now, <laughs> white people believe in ghosts and uh, the ghost hunter, but I do believe in a transfer of, of a familiar spirit. Knowing that that was gonna be his last time on earth, I got a chance to bump shoulders with a mentor. I don't do idols. Mentor of somebody that I tailor and remind people after. You know what I'm saying? I remind people of, of him. So. From that journey, I started doing comedy 2008, uh, 2009. And so I started hitting open mics, getting familiar with what works and what don't work. And then in 2010, it happened. Boom, D.L. Hughley gave me a shot at the funny bone. I'm doing Bernie Mac impression. That man said, on the third night, come back here. I got something special for you. Put me on stage. I was nervous as hell because I didn't have no material. So what I did, I went back to Bernie Mac. It worked. Then he pulled me to the side and told me, be yourself. You look like Bernie, you sound like Bernie, but add you to it. So after that, I said, well, what can I do best um, besides try to tell these jokes? I rap, so I started bringing in my impressions. I started working my avenues inside of comedy, and then it started to work. People started noticing me, started hitting these open mics, started seeing how I was supposed to dress. When I'm, I was the only comedian <laughs> in here in Shreveport wearing a damn suit. So then people laughed and it was like, why the hell you wearing a suit to every show? Because if I'm gonna bomb or not do well, guess what? You gonna say I look good when I do it. It ain't how you start, it's how you finish. So over the years, 2010, 2011 come around, I talked my way up into the Central Tail Center. Shout out to Doc Cooley, Jazzy Jeff. They was doing Cat Williams. I said, hey man, I wanna do comedy for Cat Williams. They say, are you funny? Yep. They go to Bernie Mac impression. I did it. They said, all right, come with us. Took me to the took me to the place. They set up. And then the stage manager, I said, man, can I open up tonight, do a few minutes? He said, are you funny? I said, yeah, give me some jokes. I did my jokes. He said, no, give me you, not Bernie. I said, no, that's me. The dude said, I'm not going to pay you anything. Come back here. Be here at a certain time. Either you're going to be funny, it's going to be the start of your career, it's going to be the end. 2011, and this is his Catpocalypse, end up being the DVD. Man, I opened the show, brought Cat Williams out. I killed that show. The dude gave me $50, bro. My car was on E. So that was a humble beginning and coming in 2011. So then 2012 rolled around. 
that year, I had a dream. Um, Bernie came to me in a dream and told me, he said, this is what you're supposed to be doing. And I said, okay, um, but I think this is just a dream. Maybe I ate too much or something. And then he came to me again and said, son, I'm handing you the mic. So then his wife sends the representative from the foundation. They call me. We're going to fly you out to Chicago. Me being from Shreveport, Louisiana, the comedian that everybody really didn't get yet got a chance of a lifetime to fly to Chi-Town, Bernie Mac's home place. And look, just a quick rundown to show you that dreams work in my rookie year comedy. I did what no comedian did in four days. I went to this man's house. They bought me a hotel, bought me food, everything, took care of my expenses. His driver was my driver. Went to this man's house, knocked on the door with his driver. His wife said, oh my God, you remind me of Bernard, which is Bernie Mac's, or uh, uh, his name. And everything I did in that house, those people watched me. It was the way that Bernie uh, would have uh, set, the, where, where, the, when he, where he set it in the house, I sat in the exact same place. The, the, the beer that he liked, I liked the same beer. Keep in mind, I met him in 2008 as a kid, you know, a young man just trying to be an actor. Everything I did in that man's house was the way that he would have done it. It was like his spirit was there. Did the show, killed the show in Chicago, and uh, it's been since 2012, and I just went back. So on my journey, bro, I went through a whole bunch of phases, opened up for a lot of big wigs, opened up, you know what I'm saying, places that nobody ever dreamed of going as a comedian. And um, it was times where I wanted to give up on comedy. It was times that I wanted to throw in the towel. It's fine. It's times I felt like the shit wasn't wasn't fair. But I said it's a it's a form of therapy. People need laughter. It's people dying out here. The political issues going out here, and we need this chuckle. And I was blessed to have the spirit and the um, the gift to remind people of one of the best comedians of our time, which is Mr. Bernie Mac, you know what I'm saying? So with that, I didn't treat it lightly. All the way up to now, 10 years in the game. I'm flying everywhere, Houston, um, Arkansas, going to the Walk of Fame to see Bernie get his star, you know what I'm saying? So my journey through comedy from, from 2008 till now has been a beautiful ride, beautiful, but bloody ride because I had to punch the concrete just so that rose can grow up out of the concrete for comedy. You know what I'm saying? And so now I'm here. I have arrived. So what they gonna do with me now? Especially you being on TakeOver TV. Yes, sir. How, how many people can say that they on TakeOver TV because you requested to come? Not because you had to pay your way. Your talent spoke for yourself. And the first time we did here, I was on here, I was with my group, I was with my people. But God had another plan, and that's how we're going to say that. God had another plan for my life while I had to grow. They were on a journey that was a little bit too fast for me. Because I had issues with the Bernie Mac Foundation. It was a small issue of misunderstanding, because we family, we family, we family. You know, and my aunts didn't even know, but it was business. What people have to understand in this business you got to get muddy, homeboy, just to get seen. You're going to step on some toes. You got to push your way through it. So what I did was I look like this man. I sound like this man. My style is like this man. So you damn right them people came out to me. But guess what? I didn't panic. God put other person, people in my life to help me get through it. And <laughs> it's actually funny, though, because I just knew I was on till they sent that damn letter. That's when you'll know you that you made it to a point uh, a guy called me and say, hey, the reason why you got the paperwork because you're on the radar now. People see you. So now they see you, you're going to get everything thrown at you because they think you're doing an impression and you're an apostle. But you show them who Jeremy Unmass is. Then they're going to see the reflection that you're just not an impressionist. You are you, but you're just a younger version of a legacy that has been started by a man that was a man's man, which is Mr. Bernie Mac. You feel me? So 
I don't take it lightly, you know what I'm saying? But I did get them damn papers, though, uh, and scared the hell out of me. And uh, I had to remind myself that it's all for a good cause. And everything worked out uh, for the good of those that love the Lord. You feel me? Right. But I ain't the same right. to tell you. That, that's, that's what I stand on. It's crazy how this all came full circle. Right. Because we was actually supposed to do this interview about a year ago. Yes, sir. About a year ago. But, um... I, I'm kind of glad how it fell out, right? Because we more we way more established now than we were a year ago. Right. Takeover TVs don't went to different heights, and I got people that love me and some that hate me. Right. You know, because they, they ain't got their video on yet. Man, if you could see the line, if you could look in my inbox, see all the videos that's in my inbox right now. Right. So I mean, have you got a chance to check out anything on Takeover TV? Like? Yes, sir. I've been stalking y'all because I've been waiting on my turn <laughs> and my shirt. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Oh, God damn. I done lost weight, gain weight, and everything for you to get. <laughs> I'm like, damn, he might not, he don't like me or something. Oh, no, no. Yeah. But, it, you know, but all things happen for a reason, man. You, it was meant for you to go to a new height, uh, me to launch myself off the launching pad, so when we meet, we can kind of excel each other. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because there's many days for to shoot these shots right now. There's many days where... I dealt with some people that had the power here to get a brother like me to where I need to be to get us where we need to be. But selfishness and greed. I didn't need voiceovers for some people that work in radio. That when the smallest thing that I needed to my puzzle that they had the piece to, they hid the piece to the puzzle. Hmm. All right, damn, that sounds familiar. <laughs> and I'm talking about Man, I'm, I'm not bullshit That sounds familiar Right But I'm giving you Million dollars work now Yeah I'm giving you million You know I'm giving you the works So you can broaden Your audience Expand your horizon For your show Giving you ideas That I can keep to myself And wait till I get there Maybe bump you out But due to I'm not Affiliated with certain hood Or I'm not with this person That's my manager Or I don't have this amount of money Rather than the talent you think they give a damn about you? No, they don't. I mean, all these comedy shows that come here, why aren't we being put on there? Now, I know it's protocol, but if you got the power and they give you the power, why would you put some whack-ass person? Yeah, I said it. You put somebody whack as hell on this stage representing, guess what? The whole city. It ain't about me hating. It's all love, but I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to say what you scared to say tonight. Out there if you're listening and you see this visual on TakeOver TV. We pick and choose who we put on stage, but it doesn't be the right choice or the right season for that type of talent. I just seen comedians booed off of, off, off, off of stages with the mainstream that could have got them to the next level. There's no way that you put an all right, a, 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 a comedian on a stage with a, a well-known singer and you know they're not going to do well. Right. You got to take maturity over favor and, and, and talent over popularity. That's why when they let me creep through this thing as I'm pushing through it, they're going to see the difference because I have many talents. There's no way that you say, hey, bro, just because you mess with TakeOver, I'm for the brand Corey Holcomb, Michael Blackston, um, Lil Real, and the rest of them to the Hirsch Coliseum Municipal Auditorium and not put me on. If, if I showed you love, you show me love. There's no way you're going to put me on that stage if I didn't fit in with that group. You say, hey, you need to develop. Just because I got a name in the streets of Shreveport don't mean I'm going to have a name with the people that paid their money. And that's what, what a lot of people get away from, the talent, and they look at the popularity. And that's why we fall short every time here in this city. There's no way I'm going to put a comedian that is not musically inclined on stage with somebody like Tank or them. You know what I'm saying? You're setting them up for failure. You're setting them up for failure. You never put a comedian that not, cannot stand on his own at a rap concert. You will get swallowed up because they came to see that rapper. Don't put an inexperienced comedian in a certain area that they know that they don't belong. Now me, I ain't shooting shots, but guess what? I can belong anywhere. You know why? Because I understand the principle of the grind. I understand the shots, cause it, it's to a point with Takeover TV. This, this the deal that's going on right now. 
we're interrupting some shit that's been going on that some of the key holders have been charging these artists so much just to put them on. Right. We've been putting on these jokers for free. Right. And they've been getting, not no hundreds, they've been getting thousands. Right. Thousands of views, hundreds of shares, and all kind of comments. There's niggas that don't like that shit. Right, they don't. Because they've been making money doing the same shit that we doing for free. Right. So now we becoming the, the people's champion of the city, and there's some few key people that don't like that shit. Well, you and don't want to fuck with me. Well, you ain't got to fuck with me. You don't. don't. take the crown. Whether you, are, whether you like it or not. Right. And the thing you know about it is, before God came, it was a lot of, like, well, let's let's back up. Before, before Christ hit this earth, it was a lot of chaos. It was a lot of lessons that need to be learned. There's a lot of people that was enslaved. But when something good comes along, you think people gonna like it? No. What you bring to the area is not in your area. Jerusalem or whatever you wanna do it biblically, and you can get kicked out of there, but you still do the work that is gonna create something better. That man died on the cross for us, and guess what, and we able to live. People can take it how they wanna. This is what a smart part of me come in of the understanding of what you saying. A lot of people, we're going to go there. A lot of people say something about the Bible. The Bible has been remixed more than the Puff Daddy album. Let me tell you something. So, with that, a lot of people fall short. Now, the Bible revelation, it tells people this is going to happen. But you don't want to read what happened in Revelation because it's too gruesome for you. But you want the cute stuff, Buck and Shout and Malachi, where you get money and increase. But you don't want to hear about the wilderness blessing, which I'm in the I'm in the wilderness now, wilderness of my career. A lot of people ain't with me. You don't see no group of people smoking weed sitting up in this beautiful establishment. Uh, but with that, anything good is gonna eventually brush against something that's bad. But if you know the main core of where that good come from, no matter how evil try to deter you away from it, it's not gonna happen. Same thing with the city, and I said all of that biblically all the way to now. Anytime something good like this come along to put people on like us that need this here and got the juice, it's gonna be a lot of backlash. Why? Why didn't I think of that? Because you're greedy. What's a man to gain the whole world and to lose his soul? It's easy for a camel to to enter through the eye of a needle than a rich man to make it to heaven. Greed. So the thing about it is the same thing with the talent. That's why a lot of people, they fly high, but they fall fast. I don't want to be a star. Stars fall. So the thing is, that fast road that people take to get there, it's not going to last long. But when you wait a minute and be humble and humble yourself, you'll have longevity and you won't get into something that is not for you. Fast is never good. I'd rather be the tortoise than the rabbit, man. That's why I'm prospering now. What are the odds of a year later I'm mature now that I can hold an interview? A lot of rappers and comedians get through out there on the pedestal because their manager or their team want to shine along with them. And these people can't even sit here and look you eye to eye like a man. And then when you ask them a question, they have the dumbest answers and you have to chop and screw everything that the interview consists of because they don't make sense. They throwing riddles instead of realities. So that year long take for us to work out and stuff like that yeah. in this business, it was meant to happen because it was all part of the plan. Now I got a whole bunch of stuff going on. Now the people, they know me now. You know what I'm saying? They didn't know me before, but they know me now. But at maturity level of how to deal with people, it was people I was supposed to cut out that that would have took over this whole interview and tried to talk for me. You can't right. talk for me. Man, I, I got what you call, um, I call it vulture patience. You see vultures, man, something be dead. They don't go down there. They circle around for right. a few days. They wait. Right. They wait. They wait for the right time. Then they go down. Right. Man, people trying to take the elevator to the top, man. I take the steps. Right. One step at a time, bro. Because you know. you'll be built for it. Yeah. You got to be yourself for it. I don't want a microwave blessing. I want it pressed down and shaking together. I don't want it sitting here in a saran wrap box. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Shit. I don't, I, don't want you to, I don't want you to ship this dope that I'm pushing out to the world uh, in, in an exposed container, baby. You better wrap it up and seal it so when they see it, they appreciate it and it's undetected, but it is worth and it tastes good when it hits your nostrils and your taste book. See, a lot of people don't understand that. My talent is like dope, baby. Once you get a taste of it, you're going to love it for life. Speaking of talent, 
And I've been waiting to get to this part. I know it. I know I've it. been waiting to get to this part, man. To... <laughs> I know you got dope comedy. I, I, I watch your clips and all that. Yeah. I've been keeping an eye on you, whether you know it or not, man. I keep an eye on a lot of talent, a lot of people. Right. Man, you've been doing your thing. So, what I want to get, I want to get some of these great impersonations that you do. <laughs> Let, let's start off with um, D.L. Hughley. All right, the backstory of that real quick is uh, one day I was just watching Jay Farrell do all his things. Now, I've been doing impressions before I know who Jay Farrell was. Right. But he's so good that you can't say he ain't. Yeah. And the brothers on SNL and all these movies, and I follow him, shout out to him. But how it happened is I'm a King's Comedy fan, and I listen to how DL does it. I said, I want to be different. Let me do the comedians and people that nobody else does. I say, and he's making a lot of noise politically, yeah, uh, comedically, yeah. and he stands for the people. Yes, and he, he does. just don't care. So that's how I got into DL, and I just started working it. Plus, I want to work in radio. Right. So with him, bro, I, I just kind of started watching Comic View again, <laughs> getting familiar with the laugh, and then I can go into it like, <laughs> this is DL Hughley from uh, the DL Hughley Show, and this is the GD section, <laughs> and we are on the takeover. And <laughs> his famous quote is, fuck y'all, don't act like it's just me. And that's how you get it. <laughs> well, well, hold on, DL. Let me let me ask you your opinion on Donald Trump. Well, you know, anytime you have a motherfucker that is uh, the color of fruit uh, <laughs> running the country and <laughs> talk about he gonna sleep with his daughter, uh, uh, we got a problem, uh, man. <laughs> that dude there is slow. <laughs> You know what I mean? You don't get no better than the, the 50 top. I know all of the other Republicans are like, look at this bullshit here. <laughs> Out of all the times that we took over America, we let the retarded seed. That's the, I don't even know how he survived abortion. I don't even. <laughs> even Hitler's mad at this motherfucker. <laughs> you cannot be a retarded Nazi. This is, this is bullshit. You can't. Anyway, you gotta cut this shit out. <laughs> this is, uh, this is like having a retarded crackhead trying to take a bite out of crime with crack. Like you can't. You can't. Uh, uh, America has had enough of slowness. I'm sorry. I, I mean, we like the George Bush. You could have had Bob Doe with a little arm. I mean, you know, you go, you gonna have a. How you gonna have a retarded person with all his body function? I'd rather have a handicapped president. Who uh, <laughs> better when Roosevelt was a president? That that that's just a. Hey, I mean, that's America uh, picking a retarded guy. I just, well, DL, I think you, you hit it right on the head with that one. Now yeah. we don't have um, Zero to walk in. Zero, man, you know, I've, um, I don't listen to a lot of your music, mostly the done. You know, you yeah. got some stuff. You got uh, about 55 albums and all that. So, man, Zero, what you been up to lately? Shit, trying to stay out of jail. <laughs> Hold up, baby. Oh, man. <laughs> Oh boy, I'm fucking up this show because I gotta get. So, so zero. I mean, um, what's your what's your best hit? What most city done? Yes, sir. But you already know anything I drop, I can talk about it. Raindrops falling from the ceiling. You know what I'm saying? And that shit gonna jam because I don't wear skinny jeans. <laughs> Zero man, it, it took me a long time for me to finally get your take on. Man, I've been hitting up your inbox left and right. Man, you know you one of my favorite rappers, and you finally came through the takeover, man. So, what, what you think about Takeover TV, Zero? Man, I think it's one of the, uh, the best things that they could have dropped. You know what I'm saying? Since Contact Little on Dog Bitches, you know what I'm saying? Oh, and right. so you know we need somebody to take over because there's too many people following the leader, and they don't want to do that. So you know. I show you love, whole oh, love, baby. Houston, Texas, zero to quicker. Yeah, already. You got you got your double um, styrofoam cup, man. You already know, and I can't be drink alone. <laughs> you got me feeling whole oh, love. Already, boy. I finally got my interview with Zero. Yes, sir. So, man, we gonna um, we gonna go back blast from the past. Shut up. <laughs> So, um, so Bernie, where you been, man? Let me tell you something. 
I've been on the south side of Chicago, and then I moved all the way to Cedar Grove with Tupac and Biggie. You smoking? Let me tell you something. If Michael Jackson moonwalk one more time, I swear for Lord, I'm gonna bust his head to the white man. <laughs> I'm so tired of America allowing skinny jeans, milking cookies, drawing their eyebrows on. on. What type of shit is this? <laughs> Big Mama would have whooped your ass. You come up here wearing a slip. And you a man. That's some bullshit, right? That's some, it don't make no sense. I know I probably ain't supposed to cut, but I'm tired. I'm going to say what you scared to say. You said any damn way, you know? What type, like these retarded kid walking on the stove. I done told you a little flicked ass not to touch nothing in the basket. But you started touching stuff, you know? And I pinched the hell out and I'm gonna go to jail. What type of shit? I'm whooping the police ass too. Cause it's my child. I tell you, sit down. Sit your ass down. That's what's wrong with America now. I think when we all get old and die, I think God should come back. I don't want these kids running the damn White House. That's something wrong with them. I know something wrong. They're slow. They dad is wearing skinny jeans. You got the retarded sperm floating into it. So what'd you tell the, the little baby when he was trying to get the milk and cookies? I said, sit your punk ass down. It's too goddamn late for some milk and cookies, man. That's how I talk to him. Fuck that time I shit, you know? Oh, oh, oh man. You know, he twists around. Uh, man, he thought it was a coincidence. When Juvenile said a 99-2000, he ain't mean that the, the, the kids gonna be stupid. We thought that the lights was gonna go 12 o'clock for sure. You thought the lights were gonna go out. No, your child came out retarded. How the hell you yell at a child? Oh, man. And they gonna either blow the country up or hang themselves because you tell them to watch this. What type of shit it is? You slow, stupid, son of a bitch. <laughs> Oh, man. Uh, so, what was it like being on um, Kings of Comedy on tour with um, D.L. Hughley and uh, <laughs> Steve Harvey and uh, Seth the Entertainer, man? I, man? How was that? Man, it was a good tour, you know what I'm saying? We laugh and joke, and we, you know, we got along, we had our ups and downs. But I don't appreciate them some of my bitches talking about I can't talk. <laughs> you just, you listening too slow. We had a good night. It was hot as hell inside of the, you know, inside of those trucks. They taking us from city to city, you know, all that ass jumping around. I'm married. I can't be fucking with you. <laughs> That's just like a fat summer bitch sitting in there and food and then they can't touch. Ooh, disgust. But we brought comedy to life, you know? Yeah. We did what most people, you know, what most people didn't do was a big tour. I enjoyed working with them guys. I wish I could do it again. But I'm in heaven now. <laughs> hey, man. I'm back one more time. Man, who, who, shit. who else do you do? Oh, man, uh, let's see who else I do. Uh, well, you know, dog, I mean, see the people, they've been walking, they're Mexican. Oh, man. You know, you know, I'm talking, you know, I'm talking like myself, you know, I'm like, hey, man, you know, uh, you know, I don't do drugs, you know, but I'm lying, you know. It's like a lot of people try to do me. Eric Spears try to do me. I'm like, all right, my nigga, you good. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Jay Perry try to do me. I'm like, ah, you know, that cat good too, you know? But you know, the dog come through, you know, I don't really like people, you know? You know, when they bark, you know, you want to bark when you're a spark, you know what I'm saying? But they don't know that the ex going to give it to you, you know? I be tired of people, they trying to, you know, impersonate me. What? You know, I be like, no, nah, no, nah, nigga, nah, you know. When you gonna talk like the ex, you know, you gotta be real with it. You gotta do the hands and gestures, you know, you gotta do it. Oh, my nigga, you know, you gotta go down low so a nigga won't understand, you know what I'm saying? Yo, I'm stupid. Y'all gotta pray for me. You gotta pray for me. Man. Yeah, yeah. You know, when I do, you know, I do like people like, most people scared of, you know, like, what it is, you know what I'm saying, this young Jesus from the bottom of the map. <laughs> Shout out to my nigga Mel, man. You already know what it is. They say I'm about to get ready to retire. You already know what it is. I'm tired. There's <laughs> too many skinny jeans out there in the world, you know what I'm saying? Rappers went to a whole nother level, you know what I'm saying? In time, you got to dye your hair and get 50 tattoos on your face, my nigga. You ain't no real rapper. Man, I do everybody, man. You know what I'm saying? We the only show that's don't have... 
two rappers, two comedians, big time. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. On one show. We and one show. Zero, we had Dale Hughley. We had the late Bernie Mac yes, and sir. Young Jeezy. Yeah. Only on take the list go down. You know, it, it go down. <laughs> you know, I'm currently working on um, David Chappelle because, you know, when you do David Chappelle, he, you know, people always give you the, uh, David Chappelle. That ain't how that man sound, bro. That's not how he sound. Right, right. You know, David Chappelle got pain now since he came back from Africa. <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's, it's like David Chappelle. I'm here to take over, you know, still developing the voice. And I had to come back out to talk with a list. And you got to be like, hey, man, this is how we're going to do it. And I left the show since Charlie Murphy, he passed away. Yes. You're going to be the only show I've done leaving here with a damn headache. Yeah, I'm stupid, man. My mom ain't take her prenatal care. I'm trying to tell you about something. It's, it's, I love what I do, man. Oh, I mean, man. the list go on, man. I, I, I do so many impressions, and I think of them daily, but I do what don't nobody do. I'm working on Charlie Murphy coming soon. And I mean, oh my God. Yeah, because Charlie, Charlie, you know, Charlie was now. You was going to touch on something earlier. Uh, you had brought up Black Panther. Right. So I'm, I'm going to let you touch oh, on that. And then we're we going to go there. get to wrapping it up. We're going to wrap it up like most of y'all need to in this city. I'm so tired of these dirty pussy. I'm, excuse me. Excuse me, Lord. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I just talked about Jesus. Half of these girls hot enough to burn a CD. I need that new black powder bootleg. God, that's hot. Man. Yeah. You ain't got no edges, but you got syphilis. What type of shit? Boy, anyway. Damn. But I... Just, which brings me to my point. Um, help me, Holy Ghost. Now, when Black Panther came out, that was a great movie. Yes, it was. You know, it's a great movie, and they're having the cheering thing that they superheroes, and you know, giving them inspiration. You know, the president was good. You know, we had one of our color, and then it's time for you know, to the kids to see that you are fear. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? You're fearless. You can do anything, uh, and you can be anything you want to be. That's what it stood for. Mm -hmm. See, now, I'm going to break it down to you. I'm going to give you the funny parts of Black Panther real quick, and I'm going to give you the political standpoint of what it stood for, what I got out of the movie, because I'm a scholar, too. I'm not well, no I tell you what. Unleash, and I'm just going to sit back and enjoy right. that. I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I believe in God. And whatever happened, I believe that's evil. I believe that it's good. So, my thing is, you come to me, I'm going to be evilly good the way I whoop your ass, because, see, that is just not what we're going to do here. All right, now, the movie... For me, it meant more because, like I said, I grew up on Marvel Comics. Uh, people can say what they want to say. It was a great film, hands down. It don't matter if you're black, white, yellow, pink, or whatever. Whoever created that movie, they, they finally got, got it that we are all created equal. And sometimes, most of us have something much more than the other that makes us different, but we still the same, if that makes sense. What that movie stood for uh, for us as a people, uh, it stood for hope that you know that our generation of kids won't grow up soft. They won't grow up weak, and they get the chance to see somebody like them win for a chance. Now, that movie it had two different parts in there uh, between Killmonger and uh, uh, T'Challa. I don't know why people keep naming their damn children after this damn movie. Um, one was Malcolm, and the other one was Martin. If you pay attention to that movie, you know what I'm saying. T'Challa was like the hell with him. We got the power, we got the juice, we got the everything. We can make a difference, but then we also can do this payback, basically, take over, take over TV. Uh, then you had the Black Panther, which was T'Challa was like, hold on, bro, we all. You know, I understand where you're going with it, but we still have to respect so, people. So Killmonger, Killmonger was Malcolm X. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you meant Killmonger was the first one. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. like his cousin. Now, yeah, Charlie, he, he was the Malcolm X of it. Like he man, was because he was. Yeah, that's shit, yeah. That's what I'm saying. He was like, dude, hey, send them planes, boom, boom. Let's go get them. And then T'Challa was like, hey, man. That ain't the way to do it. We understand that we got the resources, we got this, we got that, but that ain't how to solve a problem. And to me, I mean, I, I mean, it don't make sense to everybody else, but you can feel what I 
our ancestors and our grandmothers and grandmother felt back then. To me, I felt I was like, damn, it makes sense. But then it proves a valid point in that movie that one was by any means necessary is what I'm trying to say. And the other one was this, let's promote peace even though we got the power to make change. It's like basically saying it ain't what you do how you do. But the other one it is, I, I see what we got. To take this, to flip this, to make it better, but we gonna come off on top because we have lacked for so long. But that movie was a great movie for our children to, to see something different, and then it ties into all the other comics that they love, Wolverine and Iron Man. But to see somebody your color do it big along with the other people that you've been seeing for you years. Know, I, I like that the women were so strong. And that's what I was going to get to. They was warriors. Yeah. And then you had his sister that was super duper smart right. with all the technology and all that. Yeah. Man, you finally got to see our black women in a positive in a light positive role. And at their full max potential and holding the kingdom down. He didn't have an army of men. He had an army of women. Right. And it they is, were holding it down. And so, you know. It, it was good. Yeah. Like, and then it, let, it should have let women know that we see you, we see you, we see you. You don't have to do all of that extra. We see you. You can be powerful and sit back like this and say, I defend the kingdom no matter who in charge. I got the power. You feel me? So when Killmore came and he became the Black Panther, the king, the women still held their position. You they know, knew it. Killmore almost remind me of Magneto. He do. You know what I'm saying? He wanted the best for his people. He just yeah. had a couple of couple of ways that I don't know if you should have did that part. But his overall right. thought was process Magneto. was spot on. Because yeah. he was just trying to power the oppressed. Right. Now, who? He had Tupac energy too. Yeah. Yes, he, you know did. What I'm he, he, had, did. he had Tupac energy. Yeah. Now, he did a couple of things that was kind of fucked. Kind of stupid. Yeah, you know, he was the typical black person. But you know. Get that power and say, man, I'm going to just. He was so smart to where he almost came insane. You know how people yeah, say geniuses are just one inch away from being insane? Right. That, that was him. You yeah. know, but um, but his overall perception of it, shit, hell, I was with it. Right. Like, he shouldn't have burnt the other flowers. Like, goddamn. Right. That was, about to die off. Somebody got to run that, that shit, was, man. And that was <laughs> And once again, that yeah. was greed. See, that's the, that's the that greed. It's a greed, right. And, and we with all, the, believe not, we all have a little bit in us. Yeah. Most of us can control it. Some of us And can't. he just showed that that's why most black people don't need power. So they get too crazy. So I'm going back to see it again one more time. Me too. Now, we're going to get to the funny part of it, too. Go ahead. Now, all that being said, it was a good movie. Can't wait till Avengers come out um, because they got everybody in there. Um, but now, ladies, don't go shaving your damn head. Oh, please don't. <laughs> Just because you seen this movie. Because half of y'all have head milk done by the head asses. <laughs> you just got your edges to grow back. <coughs> Don't be around here because you seen that movie. Go out here and think you can whoop everybody in the club. You will get your ass whooped. <laughs> walking there. Jack, you seen this woman whoop ass. She was on the walking dead. You oh, just yeah, look dead. Zombies, right. So you you just look dead with that makeup on your face. <laughs> so that's the downside. Why don't be naming your damn child after these damn characters? If your cat, your child look like a Shashanisha, name that motherfucker Shashanisha. Don't be getting them, them beautiful African names and your retarded ass hood child around here twerking. <laughs> that boy's sister was smart. Your baby needs silver. Your baby need hooked on funny. Your baby need leapfrog, bitch. Do not. <laughs> And I repeat, do not let movies. <laughs> uh, <laughs> look, oh do not let a movie dictate how you live your life. Okay. <laughs> okay, we're going to do this like this. My thing about the movie is why did it take this movie to let you know, hey, I'm important? Why did this movie affect the way that you think? Why did this movie take. Us as a people. Well, shit. When this the last one. movie been out where we look like kings and queens, right. superheroes. Shit, it ain't been there. We don't have twelve years of slavery, right. and Redwood, Tyler Perry, and all this. You know, but we haven't been empowered in no yeah. movie since. Right. But the thing about it is now. 
you understood that this movie was great to let you know that you are king and queen, but they forget where they come from. But you well, and that love and hip hop think hey, you can go get a 27 so, piece well, on your I big forehead ass. Some of you jokers are kings and queens. Some of you jokers are some jesters. Yes, sir. <laughs> now, <laughs> some court jesters. Now, you ain't and, and the reason why I said what I said, <laughs> why now you just identify with Africa. Now, let me tell you why. These motherfuckers gonna get a 27 and a half piece and say they Cherokee in it. But you drive a Ford fucking <laughs> truck. You feel me? A Crown Vic. But you a Cherokee in it. Now that this movie come out, now you Wukanda. But sit your ass. That's the point I was trying to make. Why or now are you Wukanda in it? But <laughs> just, you know what I'm saying, just a couple years ago, you was Cherokee Indian. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That that that's the point I'm saying. Why do we let movies with greatness like they shape our lives? Okay. Now, if you're gonna be Wakandan, you need to go back to roots and become roots. Then 12 years later, then work your way up to this. You don't even understand it because you was a redwood Indian just when that new ponytail came out. Now, there's a child over there in India. Wait, did that's, you say the new ponytail? <laughs> yes, it is. I'm sick of this. We're on the takeover. I'm gonna oh. tell the truth. I'm gonna drop some more oh. nuggets before we wrap it up. Why is you right here with this 29 and a half inch hair on your head right here ungrateful ass? So, why there's a child over in India, bald-headed and hungry, and you ain't got a head full of hair, won't even go to school? That's the point I'm just trying well, to make. I'll tell you what, though, man. We actually got to wrap it up, man. Oh, yeah, so, we'll wrap it up like BT. So, uh, well, I just need you to drop your social medias, man, where people can find you and find your stuff. Yeah, y'all gonna have a hard time editing this month. Listen. Oh, shit. Ain't no edit. You cuss on him. Oh, no, I'm just, I ain't talking about that. I'm talking about shit. I done went on about everything. I was, Martin, I was Martin Luther King and every rapper and comedian that you can think of. For the people that want to follow comedian Jeremy Unmasked, we're gonna put on my serious voice. Uh, you can follow me on Facebook uh, at Jeremy Unmasked Smith. Now, put no ED in there. Jeremy Unmasked Smith, or you can follow me on my fan page, which is Comedian Unmasked. Once again, do not put no damn ED at the end of it. It is Unmasked, U-N-M-A-S-K. And you can also follow me on Instagram at Comedian underscore Jeremy Unmasked. You can follow me on Tumblr at Jeremy Unmasked. You can follow me on Twitter at Jeremy Unmasked. And I just want to say I got a couple movies that's coming out. Um... Just be looking for it. I'm filming right now. I'm playing Mr. D's, which is a uh, a car salesman. And he's going to remind you of somebody that was one of the baddest mans in radio. Uh, and then I'm working on another film, which is called... Huh? <laughs> no. This brother that is going to remind you of before we go, and I'm going to do that as we wrap this up. Uh, and I got, a, uh, I got a project that I'm working on. Um, it's called Me and You. Uh, which now we are we're about to start casting for that so you can also hit me up on Facebook for that too Because uh, I need people in there that are serious about it now before we go I want to let y'all know that you're not from Shreveport or you didn't have a good childhood if Mr. Cat D-A-Double-D-Y Daddy was not on the radio and your birthday party did not turn into a grown folk party at 5 o'clock so so we're going to mm -hmm. do it like this. We're going to take it out right. This is comedian Jeremy Unmasked on the takeover. We're going to represent Cat D-A-Double-D-Y Daddy, baby, on 102.1 KDKS, home of the Steve Harvey Morning Show. So come on. <laughs> and there it is. There it is. Takeover. Yes, sir.